It's 602 BC. This is the HBC, the Historical Broadcasting Corporation. Good morning. We open this news hour with reports from ancient Greece, where animal rights activists are protesting outside of the gates of the underworld. Activists claim that Hades has shown gross negligence towards Cerberus, the three-headed dog. They state that the creature is to force to endure conditions, quote, hotter than hell. The Peloponnesian League Against Animal Cruelty has yet to release an official statement, but express their support for the protesters. In sporting news, Napoleon Bonaparte has taken heavy criticism following the shocking upset of Grand Armée FC by the Moscow Tsars in the 1812 Winter Cup. More recently, Napoleon's side lost to the six coalitions. The French emperor, king of Italy, and veteran league manager is now taking questions outside the locker room, where we turn to now. Bonjour everyone, and merci for coming here today. As of this morning, I have stepped down as manager of GAFC. It is an emotional day for me, after giving so much to the club for 20 years. But I am excited to take on a new challenge as manager of the Alba Exiles. And now I will take your questions. Uh, oui, oui. Hi, uh, H. Nelson of the Trafalgar Times. Is there any truth to reports that some of your own marshals mutinied before your recent defeat, refusing to follow your command? There is always a little discontent when expectations are this high. Uh, it is unfortunate when negative attitudes in the locker room spill out into the battlefield. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it was on us. Uh, we couldn't attack. We could not flank. Uh, when we press, they counterattacked and uh, they scored. Uh, oui, you. Uh, hi, yes, I'm with the Borodino Bulletin. Um, just gotta say, from an outsider's perspective, it did seem like this sixth coalition team was stacked. I mean, they were made up of Russia, Prussia, the United Kingdom, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, Austria, the Netherlands, Sardinia, and countless German states. Uh, did it feel like the league rigged it and put seemingly everyone against you, as if it was 16 against 1 out there on the field today? Uh, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I will be in trouble. <laughs> um, all I will say is this. When you are the top dog, everyone is coming for you. But even Michael Jordan will lose some games, eventually, when basketball is invented. Uh, oui, yes, yes, you. Hi, Napoleon. Um, Albert von Schlieffen of the Berlin Chronicle. Um, I have to admit, I am a big, big fan. I mean, your Ulm campaign was a masterclass of outflanking opponents, and I definitely took some notes. Um, out of curiosity, is there any advice that you would give to future empires looking to, say, invade Russia in the winter? Um, there's no doubt uh, that playing a way against anyone at this level is, is a challenge. Um, a completely destroyed uh, Moscow uh, in the winter might be the hardest stadium to win in um, ever in any tournament. Um, 
their supporters are some of the most passionate I've ever seen. I mean, they are literally willing to burn down their homes to stop you from winning. Um, I do not envy any side going against them with such a uh, home field advantage. Uh, next question. Uh, yes, uh, Lord Wellington of the Waterloo Observer. Uh, what would you say to critics who claim that you're washed up as an emperor and manager? I think I have at least uh, one good run left in me. <laughs> uh, next question. Oh yes, uh, Thomas Usher of the Elba Examiner. Uh, some of the supporters here on the island of Elba are sceptical about your commitment to taking over as the Exiles' new manager. Uh, how would you adjust your rumours uh, that are going around that you're looking to return to the French League within, say, uh, 100 days? Uh, how you say, uh, no comments. Uh, merci everyone, that's it all. And now a word from our sponsor. HBC is brought to you by Vino Sano Grape Juice. Boy, this Great Depression really is tough. Don't you miss the days where you could cool off with a refreshing beer or a glass of wine? Prohibition might mean that you can't purchase alcohol, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy a refreshing glass of grape juice straight from the Napa Valley. Our concentrated grape bricks ship all over the country and are easy to prepare. Simply dissolve the brick in a gallon of water and it's ready to drink immediately. Listeners can use the promo code REPEAL THE 18TH to receive 18% off their first order. Warning: To avoid turning the grape juice into delicious wine, take the following steps. First, do not place the liquid in a jug and put it away in a cupboard for 21 days. Second, do not apply a cork containing our patented red rubber siphon hose. Third, do not put the end of the tube into a glass of water to help improve taste. Finally, do not shake the bottle once a day, because that would help any fermentation along. Following these steps would make wine, and we would be violating the Volstead Act. Breaking prohibition is something that Vinosano and other California vineyards are totally against. HBC listeners can use the promo code REPEALTHE18 to receive 18% off their first order. Vinosano, we're totally not trying to help you make wine. Vinosano cannot be held legally responsible for any wine produced using these steps. Exciting news has reached the desks here at the HBC from a cave in the Paleolithic era, where a member of the species Homo erectus has made a major scientific breakthrough. HBC's chief Stone Age correspondent has the full story from 400,000 years ago. Over to you. Well, I'm terribly sorry for that. Clearing my throat is not how I expected to start my first interview. I did literally have a frog in it, though. A giant, paleolithic frog. I'm reporting live outside of a cave in a place that does not yet have a name, where a scientist has made a revolutionary discovery. How to create and control fire. Beside me is the genius himself, Dr. Rumga Tikabarumga... Thank you for meeting with me, Doctor. Well, of course. I'm delighted to be speaking with you today. I understand that you found a way to make controlled fire. 
But if you don't mind, Doctor, could you please explain the process so that even a Neanderthal like me can understand? Certainly. If you look over to the cave wall on my left, you'll see that I've illustrated the process in oxen blood. Wonderful. Oh, look at that. Yes. You see, the core components are a piece of flint and some pyrite iron ore, which, when struck together, generate sparks. Fascinating. Indeed. The reaction is caused by rapid exposure of the iron shards to oxygen in the atmosphere. These sparks can then be transferred to a carbon source, such as dried timber, to create a safe, controlled flame. And how has the community outside of this cave reacted? Unfortunately, the community does remain skeptical of the socio-economic benefits that this technology might provide. Benefits like... Well, such as the ability to cook food. It is my hypothesis that by digesting cooked foods, the body will have more energy to develop larger brains. It will also allow for the forging of stronger metal tools, which might lend themselves to something I've decided to call agriculture. Amazing! I do understand that there was an incident with a village elder? Uh, yes. Um, after watching a demonstration, one high-ranking official did throw a piece of mammoth dung at me. He claimed that I'd been stuck in my ivory cave for too long, and didn't understand the common people. So I do fear that it may take a few more hundred thousand years to really catch on. Well, I think you've made amazing progress in your research, and I wish you all the best. Congratulations on your achievement, Doctor. Well, this is nothing. After all, it's not rocket science, whatever that is. <laughs>